0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to be talking about the wild and wonderful world of email marketing. Joining us is Kate Adams, who is the SVP of marketing at Validity, which creates solutions to target, contact, engage, and keep customers using trustworthy data as a key advantage. The Validity flagship products, demand tools, mail charts, Bright Verify Everest, and GridBuddy Connect are all highly rated solutions for CRM data management, email address verification, inbox deliverability, and avoiding the spam filter. And today, Kate and I are going to discuss the wild west of email marketing. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Kate Adams, the SVP of marketing at Validity. Kate, welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Thanks, Ben. So glad to be here. Lucky to join you today.
1: Excited to have you here. And I feel like the all the luck is on my side to have you tell us a little bit about email marketing. You work in a technology-driven communication company. And often we think about email and communications, or I guess I should say communications broadly, as a multi-channel task. You've got your email, obviously your direct messages, your LinkedIn posts, your SMS, we're starting to see sort of this proliferation of communication tools. Talk to me about where email stands today. Is it still the wild west of email marketing?
2: For sure. I mean, it's absolutely the wild west. Email volume is astronomically higher than it's ever been before. This recent holiday period was the highest email volume that we've ever seen take place in our history since email has been invented back in the 70s. And the reason for that really was during the pandemic that email kind of caught fire again, as it always has, but it went up significantly during the pandemic, jumped 34%, and it's never come back down in pre-pandemic levels. So it's always just constantly on the rise year over year, which is kind of mind boggling in a way, because for lots of businesses, we saw Zoom take off and then it kind of went back down pre-pandemic levels, right? We've seen Amazon take off and then it's back down. That's not what we're seeing with email, which is pretty significant.
1: It's really interesting. You know, I think about everything that's happening in the tech industry, like you mentioned, we thought that there was going to be a force multiplier because of the pandemic, because we were all forced to be at home in front of our screens to continue to work. And we've seen that a lot of those trends were reversed. We're seeing the hiring that happened in the technology industry all of a sudden be erased and unfortunately a ton of layoffs as well. Why do you think email was one of the outliers that saw this uptick in volume in adoption, but it didn't come back down?
2: So one of the things, and maybe I would phrase it slightly differently, Ben, which is we saw it come up and then it came down a little bit, but never to its pre-pandemic level, which I think is what we saw with some of the activity, like what we just talked about with Zoom. And I think to your point, even on the hiring, like you could see it in Salesforce's statement and an Amazon statement. It's like, maybe we got a little ahead of ourselves on the hiring bit. And so we need to come back down, but they're not still not going back down to like, the pre pandemic staffing levels. And so I think email is on that same kind of trajectory, right? Where it's like, it's not pre pandemic levels, it's higher, but it's remained as high the entire time. And I think a big piece of that is look, lots of marketers, myself included, I think that we took advantage of email. We said, oh my gosh, this email thing, yeah, I've been running this since mass email, whatever that was, 1980s, right? So when everybody in the 90s and the early 90s, which unfortunately I'm old enough to remember, is like everybody went and started their own email newsletters. like the 2000s, everybody had an email newsletter. It's what everybody did. But I think then it became old hat and it was like, okay, I probably have optimized my nurture sequence. I probably have optimized my email promotions as much as I can let me go find out the new hot revitalization type thing that I can go do, whether that was SMS or whether that's huge application, web app pickups, huge mobile device application pickups, right? Where where folks were like, oh, I'm going to focus on this new fancy thing where the pandemic was like, oh shoot, we got to get back to our roots. Let's figure out how we can optimize this email thing. And I think people found out, That they could increase their revenue via email significantly via the pandemic and so now they're hooked on that and they want to continue to optimize and take advantage of that as much as they can
1: so i want to get into the types of emails that people are sending and what i thought you were going to say is people are at home we're not getting bogged down with things like i don't know in-person meetings events so the focus becomes how do we deliver more digital messaging we're doing two things. One, we're doing digital events like webinars. And so there's a bunch of emails that go around schedule and come to my webinar and here's the digital version of it. We're telling people more about content. And so email is a digital distribution channel. And then there's just the marketing automation portion that you mentioned, which is, hey, once I get an email set up to trigger 60 days after somebody comes into my CRM and is unresponsive, Unless I turn that automation off, it's going to continue to send, which increases my email volume.
2: I think you're right. But I don't think that it was in the pandemic that it was like, oh, we have content to tell people about, or, oh, we have these offers to tell people about. I think it was in the pandemic that we were like, oh, all of these other channels just shut down. So now I have to go make up their revenue via this other digital channel. So I think that what that forced people to do was to send a greater volume of email to make up for that revenue shortfall that they were seeing through other channels. For example, in-person events or direct mail or in-store shopping right, for the retail industry, and they had to make that up through digital. And I think what they did was they got smarter and started personalizing that mail much better and started doing things like more triggered and segmented sends that then increased that revenue while also increasing the volume of email sent, which really helped them double down on the revenue they were able to achieve via email.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, MuteNex. I think the big question here is, are we just sending more volume? Is it bloat or are conversion rates staying the same or going up? And I could say personally, you know, with our cold outreach to try to find sponsors, we basically abandoned our cold outreach program because the conversion rates got so bad. Everybody was so tired of getting an introduction over email. So we started trying to do more inbound marketing. Talk to me about what you're seeing in terms of the conversion of these new emails.
2: What we're seeing is volumes up. One of the metrics that we pay a lot of attention to is inbox placement. So, your marketing automation solution, your email service provider is going to give you a delivered number, and it's usually going to always be around, unless you're doing something egregious, it's somewhere between 80 and 99%, right, in terms of what they delivered. And that just means they fired. That SMTP message doesn't tell you like, where did you get delivered? And so that's what we are really worried about, which is, well, where did you get delivered? Because getting delivered to the spam filter, getting caught in somebody's Mimecast filter is not the same as getting in the promotions tab is not the same as getting into somebody's inbox where you're actually have a higher likelihood to actually be engaged with. And then from there, to your point on conversions, like then get clicked on and then get converted on. So one of the things that we're seeing is Inbox placement rate, it's actually getting harder and harder because as the volume has gone up, mailbox providers like Gmail, heck, Hotmail, Yahoo, all the rest of them, right, are having to do more of the filtering of that mail because they're saying, like, okay, so you guys are just going to send 40% more mail over the last two year period and engagement isn't going up because there's only so much mind share of these same email subscribers that you can capture. And so conversion rates are actually falling down. That's what we're seeing is like, inbox placement is falling, send volume is up, conversion rate is falling, click-through rate is falling. And that's because not enough folks are doing some of the good quality work that I talked about earlier, which is how do you really make that message as personalized for that person as humanly possible?
1: Email for the sake of email, impressions for the sake of impressions, don't actually drive business results. As much as we want to pretend like marketing is this equal inputs in equals repeatable inputs out, it just doesn't work that way. There is an art to email marketing. There is copywriting and there is messaging. There is timing. There is targeting. Talk to me a little bit about what makes a message now that we're seeing higher volumes being sent and lower conversions, what makes it stand out?
2: So I just want to build off one thing that you said. I love the saying of like impressions for the sake of impressions. In advertising, it's just impressions for the sake of impressions, but you don't really harm yourself. Whereas in email, the notion of impressions for the sake of impressions sake, so amping up that volume and emailing to folks that you don't usually email, emailing to folks at a more frequent rate actually damages your future email. So what you're doing in your email program today is potentially damaging how your emails in the future, meaning next week, next month, will actually perform. Because what's happening is as mailbox providers are seeing you send more and more and more volume and the engagement of that volume going down and down and down, those mailbox providers are taking it on upon themselves to start filtering you more and more and more. Which means that your future messages, the impressions for the sake of impressions that you're doing today, is going to actually harm you in the long term of your program, which is a little bit different. There's a lot to be said around impressions for the sake of impressions. Like, sure, it's like fiscally irresponsible and all that stuff. But not only is it fiscally irresponsible, but like you're hurting the future you, which is a whole other ball of wax there, too.
1: I think that every email you send is an opportunity for an unsubscribe And not only does that mean that if your content isn't good enough your consumers won't get your future messages it also sends a signal to your inbox provider and that's one of the ways that you can harm your business if you're not thinking about your copy first if you're not thinking about building a great customer experience you can really hurt your business by sending too many emails and that wraps up this episode of the martech podcast thanks for listening to my conversation with kate adams the svp of marketing at validity Join us again tomorrow when Kate and I continue our conversation talking about why email at 10am is bullshit. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Kate, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is kadams24. That's K-A-D-A-M-S 24. Or you can visit her company's website, which is validity.com. V-A-L-I-D-I-T-Y dot com.